Hi everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Happy Hamstrings. This is Julie Brown, I'm your host, and today is Saturday, September the 30th. Um, before I get into today's episode, um, first of all, thank you for your time and thank you for listening. This episode is going to be quite, quite different from my other episodes. So, um... It's not a happy episode. So depending on if you're um, experienced with grief or if you're maybe grief adjacent, perhaps you might want to sit, uh, sit this one out. That's up to you. I waited a couple of weeks um, to touch on this because I definitely don't want to put out an episode where I'm just crying through the whole talk. So... Finally, gathering myself together, I did um, some research on coping with grief. And just as I study with fitness, I've now become obsessed with studying on how to cope with grief. A couple of weeks ago, I was at work and I had just went and purchased a cake to celebrate my anniversary. And it was my, I was working on my wedding anniversary my husband and I had planned some days off to spend time together the following, the week following our anniversary. I received a call that, unfortunately, my husband had passed away at work of a massive heart attack, um, widowing me at only 47 on our anniversary. Now, instead of making this a super sad episode, I want it to be just as my other episodes, a tool, a useful tool, even though I have a very small audience, I want you all to have resources when you listen to this, instead of it being like um, pity. Well, pity to me is toxic. I think it should be that I embrace the aspects of this, which are the most important. Because there's not much um, that I can do moving forward, of course, putting everything in perspective that all of the other stresses I had on all the other episodes were totally petty and uh, minuscule. All the problems and stresses I'd had about running a business, closing the business and commuting to Birmingham and all the other things that I talked about in all my other episodes and just all the things. It all feels like very small and very petty and so far, so far away from me right now. Um, so let's start with the tools. Um, as I've studied, of course, I'm only like what one of one, one of 11 million people who have gone through this or more like some stat, some stats like that. It's huge. Um, a lot of my friends have, um, had serious grief and dealt with this. So, Here's what I'm going to say. If any of you out there, if you've ever liked any aspect of me or you've ever enjoyed anything about me, whether if it's my personality, the fact that I'm a trainer, the fact that I love uh, like to help people and do fitness or just um, my overall, I have an overwhelming urge to be a helpful person. I got that from like being with him. Uh, he was 
also a lot of people like said the same thing, you know, I had maybe a hundred people come forward and say he was selfless. He was helpful. He was like the most helpful and, um, hard worker. Like he was like all those things. And most importantly, he never tried to change me or manipulate me or tell me what to like. He actually didn't, uh, he didn't like the idea of me commuting, uh, so far away, but that's because he was very protective and, um, he liked me, he liked me to be safe as most husbands, good husbands do. Um, so yeah, I've been coping with a lot of grief. It was devastating. I collapsed into the floor at work. Um, I didn't faint. I do have, I've talked about, I have fainting, but I just collapsed crying and when I drove to where he had been, the coroner had already removed his body. Now, because I am CPR certified, I probably, even as late as I was, I probably would have still, in my grief and anguish, I would have probably still tried to administer CPR way too late. Um, and that's maybe because here I am a couple of weeks later, and I'm still kind of coming into what they call the acceptance phase. And it's just been a lot. My grandmother died almost immediately after, like a week after that he passed, my grandmother passed. So today is her funeral and I will go to her funeral and in the same building, I will be picking up his ashes. Um, here's the other thing. I wondered why, and I'm not going to say names or scenarios. A long time ago, someone I knew but it wasn't really a friend. It was an acquaintance. Hold on. Let me get a sip of water. Someone had a grief experience that I was acquainted with. And I tried to give them a hug. They just stood there. And not only did they not look like they wanted the hug. They actually looked quite furious that I hugged them. And I thought that was very strange at the time. This has been many years ago, many, many years ago. I thought, well, I'm just trying to make them feel better. Why don't they want the hug and all their anguish? And now, fast forward, here I am. I don't want the hug because everybody says, let me give you a hug. Can I give you a hug? Prayers and hugs, while it's good intentions, sometimes it's not helpful to be um, especially with space invasion, invasion, it's not really helpful because the hug that we want is the hug we can't have. The hug that we like knowingly know, like we know, we knowingly realize that we'll never get the hug we specifically want. So, um, I'm just putting that out there. I'm not saying like I didn't give and receive a thousand hugs. I'm just saying at some point as days and weeks go by, like maybe ask, <laughs> maybe ask permission before you like, I don't know. It seems strange to me that I used to be such a hugger and now I have such a different outlook on it. I just don't, I like a lot of space now. I don't feel like I'm even the same person, which is weird. And I've actually had people that seem like, and this could be my perspective, Seemed like they were trying to get me agged into ugly cry. Is that the right word? Agged into. Like, 
kind of edging me into like encouraging me to cry. You know what? I prefer to do my my ugly cries alone if I'm going to do it. And I have done plenty. I mean, that's the only reason why I'm even able to do this episode and hold it together. I've already let it out several times. Um, one of the times I didn't expect was like his work alarm went off on his phone. And the grief there is, it's like grief is sneaky. It surprised me when his wake up alarm went off to go to work. Um, I could give a thousand other examples, but like why? I would rather make this about tools. Um, I think that talking about it is important. I've been in grief counseling. So if you go through grief, get a professional, like a real educated professional counselor to help you talk through and reframe. Because we already know there's no sense in the hopelessness of all the scenarios we play in our head. The what ifs. The why didn't I do this? <laughs> Especially me being a fitness professional, I did try to get him to go um, earlier to the doctor. I did have an appointment. This is the part that makes me really sad. I had an appointment for him the Monday after he passed, and I was actually off work so that I could go with him. And I had been for months looking for things for us like to do for that week. Um, but nothing felt right. I never booked anything. I was only taking off like, it was really five days in a row, but I was just taking off that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I was going to teach a couple of classes that Sunday night, which I did not. Um, I ended up having my first planned vacation since I've started this job became like bereavement. And wow, it's been a lot. It's been a real learning process. Here's the other tool that I would give you if you are, um, I would say like losing your parents is different from losing your spouse because I did lose my dad. Um, no one out there should ever say, I know exactly how you feel or I have dealt with something exactly like this because each person's grief case is so very unique. And also it's kind of minimizing it's sort of like minimizing the situation, like, oh, I know what you've been through, and I'm just going to, to drive the point home, I'm going to, like, give you a scenario that didn't happen. Let's say, like, my best friend lost her mom, and then their cousin comes up and says, I know how you feel because I just lost my cat. Do you? Now, that's not something that happened. This is a fake scenario because I'd rather give fake scenarios than real scenarios, but that's not what happened. But just anyone else losing someone in their family, is that like being like waking up next to the same person for 25 years and they're not there? I'm just asking a question because I don't think so. And there were people married longer, shorter periods of time. Every single case of grief is so unique. So don't compare or compete um, because it's not about that. It's just... Each situation is its own thing. So don't minimize people's situation. Okay. Um, wow, I got off track for a second and I thought about something else that I was going to give you. Oh, um, so for 25 years, we were married like 23. We lived together for two years before we got married, by the way. So that's why I say 25 years that we were spending like our lives together. 
that's a long time. 25 years, that's like a quarter of a century. <laughs> Every, except for me taking this job, now I'm taking the job and getting my personal training certifications, I did make a couple of decisions independently without discussing that with him. Um, actually, that's the only two, signing up for my first um, accredited certified personal training program and the taking of this job, which I'm really glad I did because I needed a sustainable income. At the time I took it, it didn't seem like a big deal because, you know, his income was there to rely on. So, um, here's the next tool is learning to embrace who you are without them. And that sounds very negative if you're still in the fresh part of it. And my my grief counselor said, like, take what we know about him. He wouldn't want you to be sad. He would want you to be happy. And that's very true. Like, he would want me to be happy. He wouldn't want me to be sad. And I definitely don't want to be sad all the time. It's very exhausting to um, cope with grief. And I'm so grateful that I've had so many different people support me in this process in, like, so many different ways I've actually got some thank you cards that I have yet to get out that I'll be doing very soon, getting that finished up. Um, I want to also write a thank you card and get it to the man who tried to give my husband CPR in the moment that it happened. The coroner said if they had been on site, there was nothing they could do. It was unavoidable and preventable. Like in the moment that it happened, there was nothing that could be done. I mean, um, the other tool that I will say is uh, knowing if you've lost someone, they're only gone in the physical. They may be gone in the physical, but everything else, it's still there. So, um, in one of the videos I watched that was like studying how to cope, there was some kind of a quote that she gave that there are two deaths in a person's life. The first death is when they take their final breath. And the second death is when, <laughs> when someone speaks their name for the last time. And with that being said, <laughs> I'm never going to stop talking about Bobby. Like, never. And I'm asking if you knew him or anyone else that knew Bobby. Uh, all I'm asking, like, just don't stop talking about him. They had some really great stories that made his uh, services into the celebration of life because he was the funniest man that I've ever known. So let's not forget, he was very funny. He was very lively. He was loving to me and compassionate to animals. He was helpful, hard worker. Let's never stop talking about Bobby. Because I want for, you know, for so much of my soul, I want his memory to live on forever. It's like really helpful to think how many people, uh, how many people's lives he touched. Because that was huge. I actually, as soon as I heard the news, I actually was overwhelmed with the, the strife and the grief between uh, certain people in my family. And I actually told the policeman that I don't think I will have a funeral. No one will show up. And let me just say, 
because of illnesses and deaths, no one in his family did show up. But that service, I don't want to call it a funeral. I want to call it a celebration of life. Bobby's celebration of life was well attended. And um, thank you to everybody who showed up. Thank you to everybody who's shown different kinds of support to me. It's been very challenging. Probably the biggest challenge that I have faced in all of my life. And I thought I had, boy, I thought I had had some challenges. But now I'm having to reframe and rethink everything. And um, I have a lot of uh, life decisions to consider and think about. So, with that being said, I hope that this episode doesn't make you sad. I hope it puts things in perspective for you because no matter how you feel about somebody, it's time for us to step into a new age, a new era where we recognize and are aware and are knowing that every single conversation you have with someone, it could be the last. And I'm so grateful that I gave him his anniversary card that morning because if I had waited till that night, I had no idea that I wouldn't have had a chance to give him his card. By the way, I did find my anniversary presents in my card. They were they were in his car when I went to pick it up the next day. So he loved me very much, and that is the stuff I want to hold on to, the fact that he really loved me. I mean, we had gone through ups and downs, and nothing else really matters. I mean, we had gotten through it and stayed together for so long. And I'm grateful that we got the time we got together. So I'm just going to wrap it up here. And once again, if you have actually made it through this entire 18 minutes of grief talk, I hope it helped. And I really thank you for your time because time is the most valuable thing we have. And I will end it just as I usually try to say, let us be happy. Let us be healed. Let us be free and let us come together to become a source of peace and healing for all of life. Um, You haven't heard the last of me. Hopefully I'll be back and namaste.